in Luke's account of history. Now, why is this important? Why are these first four verses important? Because the rest of this book speaks into you right now, speaks into our eternity, speaks into to our worldview and our purpose. It is said that there are no guarantees in life. Getting a college education doesn't mean you'll get the job that you were seeking. Preparation and experience does not guarantee that you'll get the job promotion. Good grades and a high GPA doesn't guarantee you the career that you were looking for. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Faith Life. This is message number one entitled Dealing with Uncertainty in a series entitled Luke, the Gospel Truth. And now, Pastor Jared. We're excited to launch a new series this morning where we're starting on the, uh, the, the book of Luke in a series called The Gospel uh, Truth. And so we're, I'm not going to go too much into an overview. We're just going to dive right into an introduction uh, this morning. I want to say this, man, yesterday was an incredible day. Uh, had so many volunteers that were out uh, with us yesterday. Over 50 people on a Saturday helped us. Uh, we had people here at the church making homemade decorations uh, for the event coming up on the bypass. We had people over on the bypass at the building that we're working in, painting, cleaning out. We filled up a whole dumpster again. Um, and just things, you know, it, we thought it would take most of the day to get it cleaned out, and it was cleaned out at 1020. Started at 10. Started at 10, it was cleaned out at 1020, and the dumpster was almost full. And uh, then we began to paint. Just incredible things happened. So thankful for that. We had uh, several people who delivered flyers. We delivered almost 100 flyers and just knocked door by door at the apartments and homes over there and, and just got to invite people and get to know their names and families and, uh, and just seeing the excitement that's there. I can see what God is doing and, and how he's working. Uh, a couple more pictures uh, there. Get a little checklist on a dry erase board. I think we about got it done, didn't we? Was it everything checked? Almost. Um, this is what I know in this types of construction projects. You set a budget, all right? I don't know why. I don't know why you do that. Because <laughs> it never plays out that way. You know, you get a quote on something. The, the plumber says it's going to be $4,000. Then they do it, and you turn it on, and there's a huge leak under the road. And they're like, it's now more thousands of dollars. Right, And you think, well, I was so sure you said it was going to be this, and so we knew it was going to be that. And then we, we walked through it, and then it wasn't that. And then, you know, you get a new HVAC system, and you get the quote, and they get it done, and you get the ceiling done, and they're like, oh, but now we have to move ducts and things up top, and so it's going to be more thousands of dollars. And, but we were so sure. We did all our homework. We got quotes, and we knew. And it, it reminded me, just this process, it reminds me of what the culture and the world constantly wants to make us believe is, is that nothing's for sure, that's for sure, <laughs> right? The, the culture really wants you to believe that there really is no certainty, there is no absolute truth, there is no reality that everybody, like you're just going to find out and you, don't, you can't depend on anybody, anything, and, and, and it wants you to believe that, that nothing's for sure, that's for sure, like you can't, you can't trust anything or anybody. And that everybody's opinion becomes reality in their own world. And so this is the culture that we're all born into, that we live into. It's the nature of the world. And Luke does something here in his writing in the gospel 
what we call the gospel according to Luke. This is a book in the New Testament, one of the four gospels. What's that mean? This is four different accounts, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are four different individuals who wrote their accounts of experiencing Jesus' life on earth. So they talk about and they share their story. Uh, we're going to find here in Luke chapter 1, we're just going to go through four verses, um, and we're going to see Luke's account of, uh, of the Jesus story. And he gives us this principle. He, he's writing to a man named Theophilus. He says, uh, most excellent Theophilus. We're going to call him Theo. That'll be easier. I'll make this, this, this a little easier as we work through it over the coming weeks. He's writing to Theo. And, uh, and, and so he's writing to Theo, but he's actually also writing to you. So you could put your name in there. And I love that. I uh, asked the first service if they could just remind Bethany that she could call me most excellent Jared anytime she <laughs> wants to. Um, so you put your name in there. Luke wrote this letter to you and to me. He says, Jared, Luke writing to me, he says, Jared, I'm writing this so that you may know the certainty. That's a big word, certainty. That you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. This morning we're just going to talk uh, about a message in this introduction called Dealing with Uncertainty. We all deal with it in our lives. We're in it in this project. We're in it in our ministries. We're in it in our, the organization. We're in it in our families. We're in it in our personal lives. You know, whether you're a student or you're retired, you may, you may have retired and thought, well, I knew my purpose for my whole life, and now I'm just in this place of uncertainty. I don't know what I'm going to do or, you know, what's my thing to do every day. And, and I remember being a student and wondering, God, what in the world am I going to be when I grow up? I'm 40, kind of still wondering that. So y'all just hang on for the ride. And, and so we deal with this uncertainty in life. So what do you do with it? How do we respond to it? And, and, and Luke confronts it. He's really saying in a world of uncertainty, there is something you can be certain about. Man, doesn't that sound like a foundation? Like I, someone, I want to know about that thing that I can be certain about. And then build out from that. Let's talk about this book, Luke. You know what it was not? An email. It's in 60 AD. It's a real letter, a real thing that was written. It was not an email. It was written in a, it was not a text. Uh, it was written in a time that you couldn't Google and say, what about Jesus? You couldn't ask Alexa. Like Theo couldn't be like, hey, Alexa, what was Jesus' life like? You know, he couldn't, she couldn't, do, he couldn't do that. So, so Luke is writing this letter. It was a real letter, historical artifact confirmed, written by a man named Luke. This is a real thing. It is not just an abstract chapter in the big book that sat on your mamaw's coffee table. Are you with me for a minute? It's a real thing, written by a real person who died believing what he wrote in it. And so he said, I'm writing this so you can be certain. Well, we need to understand who wrote it first. This is Luke. He was the author. And the, so there's some scripture to give us some insight on that. Second Timothy, Paul is writing this, this letter to Timothy. And he says, only Luke is with me. 
If you've been around Christianity very long, you know the name Paul the Apostle. You know Apostle Paul, you know Paul that was once Saul, that uh, was, was uh, God struck down on the road to Damascus. Saul was at one time a, uh, a, 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 a persecutor of Christians who became the most fierce beginning missionary of the early church. God changed his life, extreme makeover 101. Life turned upside down. Paul is writing to Timothy and says, Luke is with me. The person who wrote this letter, we're getting ready to study over the coming weeks, was a good friend of Apostle Paul. We also find in Acts, they traveled and they did mission work together. You got those friends, you got those stories, right, of things you did together, shared experiences that only you two can mention one word. And you're like, I remember that. Luke and Apostle Paul had that. In Acts, it says, now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we, this is again Luke writing, Luke wrote the book of Acts, he's telling a story about Paul, he says, we sought to go to Macedonia. Verse 11, he says, we're sailing from Troas, and we ran a straight course. And verse 12, he says, and we were staying in that city for some days. This is Luke, he's a good friend of the apostle Paul. Uh, we find that his profession, he was a physician. Paul writing to the church in Colossae in Colossians 4.14 says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. So we know he's a friend of Paul. He is a physician. He's a doctor, which in today's time, in their time, would have been like a scientist, one of the most kind of uh, studied, um, educated, analytical professions of the time. This was uh, Luke. Uh, he was also a, a historian. He, he goes about his gospel and interacts with secular history more than any of the other three. That means he lists out different kings and things that were going on in the world at the time. And so, so he's a friend of Paul, he's a physician, and he is also a, an historian. Why does all this matter? Because uh, uh, sometimes the culture will... I remember going to college... Most of my professors atheists, feeling the pressure that that to that to be a Christian required throwing your mind away, or that you could not think, or that 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 there wasn't any evidence, or that there wasn't there wasn't things that you could you could rest upon, that it was a close your eyes and believe religion. And I find more and more that Christianity uh, is not a close your eyes and believe religion, but it's a check it out for yourself. It was Jesus saying, come and see. Come and see. Investigate it. Look into it. And so I want you to just encourage you that you do not have to close your eyes and believe that you can deep curiosity dig into the truth of what Luke shares here. Why can we be certain about what Luke says? Let's just look at three things real quick. Um, one, in verse 2, he starts out in verse 1. It says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled, fulfilled among us. Uh, and in verse 2, he says, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. So I want to give you Luke First, why can we be certain? I want to say the source of his information. Where did he get this information from? He didn't find it in a random scroll that he found at the bottom of a cave. 
direct eyewitnesses from people who experienced, who met Jesus, who knew the story firsthand. This is like if you are making a case in a trial against someone and you have three, four eyewitnesses, it's a pretty solid case. The only hope is to discredit the witnesses, right? And so Luke had gone directly to the sources, eyewitness people who met a man named Jesus. And then we find he didn't just take their word. It says, and with this in mind, he says, I myself. I didn't take anyone else's word. Actually, he probably went considering like some of this might not be true. Somebody saw this different. Maybe they're just making this up. He said, I, 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 just, I didn't just take the word. I carefully investigated. I feel like his private practice as a physician, he, you know, he closed for a little while here. Stopped taking patients i got to figure this out. And he spent time investigating carefully everything from the beginning, everything he heard, all the stories. He said, I'm investigating this, and he did it carefully. And then we find it's comprehensive all the way from the beginning. And I'm going to put together an orderly account. I'm going to put together an orderly account that you may know the certainty. See, if you're wrestling with anxiety in your life right now, like I do often, it usually means we've forgotten in a moment the things that we can be certain about. That we've began to build our lives upon things that are not certain. We began to build our lives and our, our days upon sifting sands. But he says we can build upon something that is certain. And how, just one example of this is uh, there was a historian named William Ramsey. He was a young scholar at Cambridge. He was an agnostic, not an atheist, who said there is no God. It was an agnostic. He was like, meh. That's basically the position of an agnostic if you look it up. Meh. I don't know, maybe there's a God, maybe they're written, who knows, we'll just see, I don't think so, but maybe. Try to convince me, I might believe today, probably won't tomorrow. Agnostic, and that's who he was, he was, a, he was a historian, a scholar, and so he makes this archaeological journey, really, to Asia Minor and Greece to prove Luke wrong, as a historical document, from an agnostic historian. He says, I set out to look for truth on the borderland where Greece and Asia meet and found it there in Acts, the book of Acts, which Luke wrote. He says, you may press the words of Luke in a degree beyond any other historians, and they stand the keenest scrutiny and the hardest treatment. You're listening to Faith Life with Pastor Jared Arnett from New Beginnings Fellowship Church in Pikeville, Kentucky. You have joined us for episode number one of the series, Luke, the Gospel Message. Let's continue with listening as Pastor Jared Arnett further explains the certainty of the Gospel Message here on Faith Life. So what did he say? He, he said, I, I proved out to prove Luke wrong, and what I've discovered is I could not find one inaccuracy. In Luke's account of history. Now, 
Why is this important? Why are these first four verses important? Because the rest of this book, oh man, speaks into you right now, speaks into our eternity, speaks into to our worldview and our purpose. All of this matters. And so he's writing to Theo. He says, Theo, I know you're a man living in some uncertainty. Wondering, maybe, should I believe what I believe? But I want you to know, I've talked to the first hand. I've investigated. Here's everything from the beginning. So these things you can be certain about. He says, in a world of uncertainty, there is some things you can be certain of. And so it means many things. For example, out of this book, Luke, you can be certain there was a man named Jesus. There was. Was? I mean, you can say, well, I don't believe in Christianity, and I don't believe all this, and I don't believe the Bible. And I don't. There, unequivocally, agnostics, atheists, there was a man named Jesus. He was born to Mary and Joseph. He had a mom and dad. Uh, it was widely believed by all friends surrounding that it was a miraculous birth. Jesus lived a very perfect life. He was sinless. Not only was he sinless, he performed crazy miracles. Like not your neighbor saying he can perform miracles. Like this man, wide accounts of people that he spoke to that have been paralyzed their entire life stood up and carried the bed home. Like people that have been begging by the road blind their entire life. Walking before the leaders and being like, man, I don't know. All I know is I was blind and now I see and I met a man named Jesus in between. He fed thousands of hungry people. With his own, his own disciples, when God, Jesus, I know all these people are hungry. We don't, a year's wages wouldn't buy the food, and all we got is this, got this little boy's Paw Patrol lunchbox with a Lunchable in it. <laughs> and Jesus said, give it to me. And he prayed over it, and he fed thousands. We know people saw these miracles the signs that this could really be the messiah we know that he lived in to multiple prophecies that have been fulfilled thousands of years before he came that he fulfilled them we know that he was crucified on a cross to debate that is you know you're debating with historians and the smartest people in the world that all agree jesus came he walked he was crucified on a cross. It's not just a story. We know three days later, the tomb was empty. <laughs> it was empty. Even the leaders, the religious leaders, the Roman leaders, they all like trying to make up lies and saying, you all must have stole his body. That, in, in doing that, they acknowledged that that, tomb where he was buried was empty 
You can be certain he was crucified on a cross and three days of the tomb was empty. You can be certain hundreds of people after that said, we saw him in the flesh. He showed up at our little get-together. He called me out of a boat while I was fishing. All kinds of stories of Jesus in his resurrected state. You can know with certainty many of those people who walked with him died believing and proclaiming that he was the Messiah. Why would all these people if this really was something they made up, and it was just a lie, and it was something fun they were trying to create. I mean, you're talking about uh, multitudes of people who were murdered, who were martyred. I think it's because they were certain that he was who he said. And they saw him firsthand. And Luke said, I talked to the people who saw him. And so if we can be certain about all that, we can be certain about these words that, that Jesus said to the man on the cross beside him, today you will be with me in paradise. And, and so Luke has put all this to us, and we have to believe, we have to choose what we're going to do with it. See, that's the thing about truth. It doesn't change in whatever our opinion is. It is absolute. It is the reality of the universe. Me believing it, you believing it, that's, it's up to us. But that doesn't change what is real and what Luke says he's certain of here. And Jesus makes this wild proclamation when he begins to go around and start teaching. And he says, you need to repent because the kingdom of heaven is here. Man, what is this guy saying? This new spiritual kingdom he set up and he is the king. And so this is the gospel when he said there's good news. His good news was not just what we often would say is the good news. Good news is, you know, I'm a sinner and Jesus died for me and he paid the price so that I could go with him for, and live in heaven forever because I put my faith in him. You see, that is a piece of the gospel. Yeah, the gospel is not just an exit plan for us to make a decision about Jesus and get out of this place. The good news is Jesus stepped into this place. And he steps into Pikeville. His kingdom is here through his church, you and me. And when we believe that, we become part of his family, we become part of the kingdom, and all of a sudden God starts turning stuff upside down and getting old buildings on the bypass that should be torn down and putting life in them and, and, and creating the, the living room of downtown at Faith Life Market. He starts taking, he starts taking people who have dealt with addiction their whole life and never been able to bust out of it bust them out of it and they start teaching classes and leading groups you see turn stuff right side up that's the good news and so we have to decide what we're going to do with it. i'm going to get the worship team up as we get ready to close and and, and so i'll say this as as we close I want you to know if you've never made a profession of faith in Jesus, you can be certain about those things.
I want you to know all it takes is faith. It's to accept those as the gospel truth. That's reality. That is the foundation. That is the rock in which I want to build my life on. Because when you do that, here's some things that are happening. When you become certain about that, some things in the past, the, the story of Jesus, when you certain about the past, it's going to give you incredible confidence about the future. It's going to change your whole outlook on life. It's going to change the peace you feel in the present. When you become confident and certain about that, you're going to be like, man, what are you saying, preacher? I was like, all these circumstances I talked about earlier in life where we got broken relationships or money or try to get through Christmas or work or career or jobs or family or kids. Who, I mean, Lord, who knows what kind of life we're going to deal with when we got kids and teenagers and what they're going to come home with and what their friends are going to say, what the principal is going to call about. And, and so, but when you realize that Jesus is who he claimed to be and, and, and he's my heavenly father. And I am in his arms. I trust him with all the future. <laughs> all these circumstances are just circumstances. This is the king of the, the universe. They're nothing to him. And so what I began to do years ago in our ministry at New Beginnings, and God wrecking my life with this, because I questioned all of it as much as anybody in this room. That when we, when we were uncertain... I, I began to think, man, I think God wants us here in this place where circumstances are uncertain, where we've stretched ourselves beyond ourselves, where we are in a place where we have to depend upon Him. I began to think, well, man, if I don't know what it's going to be, that means anything is possible. Right? If we put it in God's hands, He could restore all these relationships. That means He could do, he, he, He's the God who's able to do more than we can even ask or imagine. So if I can't even imagine it as more than that, then I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to do this as a believer, and I'm going to encourage you to do this. I'm going to encourage you to embrace the uncertainty in your life. Because in embracing it, you have to do the one thing that makes you a child of God, and that is trust Him. That you trust him with the things you can't control. He went on to say to his disciples, he said, therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. If he's going to clothe the lilies, how much more does he love you and me? If, he, if, he, if he's going to, if he's going to keep his eye on the sparrow, how much more does he love you? And does he love me? And then he said this to him as well. He said, the things that are impossible with men. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Heavenly Father, we surrender to you right now. So I thank you for the uncertainty in my life. Thank you for the things I cannot control. 
thank you for these accounts that you prepared and protected and the, the scripture that, that brings reality that, that we find there are some things in this life that every politician lets us down, our friends will let us down, our, our spouses might disappoint us, our friends will turn on us. God, these are things that, that, that I can be certain of. You've given me in all that world where it's so uncertain. You've given me this certainty. I'm a child of God and I'm going to heaven and through me while I'm on this earth bring heaven to this place use me how you will in Jesus name I pray Amen Thank you for joining us for this episode of Faith Life Faith Life is a ministry of New Beginnings Fellowship Church located in Pikeville, Kentucky you can find us on the web at www.nbfc.church or look for us on Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to Faith Life Podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms and download each weekly episode. Again, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week as we walk the Faith Life.